to be here today to share some more exciting news in addition to um, the incredible results that we just saw from our 2021 World Championship. Um, it's a great time for us to be here. I think the excitement and the momentum around League of Legends esports is really at an all-time high. And uh, so there's really just no better time uh, or place to uh, share, you know, what we're going to be doing for our 2022 World Championships. We are returning to North America for the first time since 2016, um, and we're going to be doing a full continental tour, which we're really, really excited about. Welcome back to another episode of Rift Reaction. The updates, the news, the announcements continue. Now you just heard uh, Naz Alitaha, who is the head of LOL Esports Global, uh, announcing at Chase Center, where I was just a couple days ago, uh, that the world's stops will occur next year in uh, Mexico City and New York, Toronto, and then finally at Chase Center in San Francisco. Emily, what was your reaction? So... I was surprised. So I'm I'm happy that they're going to both Mexico and Canada. Um, I was surprised that they were, though, only because I was thinking they might not do it because of visa, potential visa difficulty, because you now have to get visas for all three countries. However, I'm in particular very happy that Mexico City got a stop. And then I absolutely love Toronto. I used to live there. It's a really fun city. There's a reason why everyone always talks about the Air Canada Center finals as like one of the best. So yeah, uh, being able to go back and see friends in Toronto is going to be really fun. It's Hopefully. just, it's that's the big thing for you. You just looked at this and you're like, this is convenient. Uh, free trip, free ticket. To well, I, I'm probably actually not going to make it to semifinals. So uh. we'll see. We'll see. You'll figure out a way to get there, I'm sure. Okay, so. Uh, as as I'm very excited about too, and we're going to be talking more about this over the course of the show uh, because it's a bit of a different episode than normal. I'm going to give you guys sort of the the rundown of this. So I was able to go with our producer to Chase Center, uh, as I mentioned. We were able to grab some interviews there. Um, it was very fun. Um, and and so what? Before we go with the first interview, because we're going to be playing a couple of those this episode, then we'll get into you know our normal discussion, some of the roster stuff that got. Uh, went went through. We'll talk about Q and A's and polls and all the good stuff you love on on the show. But Emily, why don't you um why don't you interview me really quickly about my experience at Chase Center so that I don't just blab endlessly? Well, I remember you said you weren't looking forward to the basketball game. So was the <laughs> basketball game actually fun? It was interesting. So I uh, <laughs> so some of you may know that I worked previously. In fact, you worked with him as well yep. with Hunter Lee who. Um, worked with me first at CBS and then ran Yahoo uh, with me now runs the Golden Guardian stuff and the head of esports obviously for the Warriors so he's a big NBA fan and so we were watching the Raptors Warrior game uh, sitting next to each other and he's like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you care about this stuff and then I think it was like 16 to 7 within the first couple of minutes of the first quarter and he's like our team's so good we're going to stop these guys like they're going to get destroyed so it was pretty fun uh, the most fun thing I put a video of this up on Twitter was that after the first quarter, they announced on the the big mm. jumbo thing in the middle, um, the uh, you know, hey, worlds is happening. We've got guests from the LOL Esports world here tonight, and here's you know they played the big video announcing all the locations, and then they used I guess they do this sometimes for like sponsor drops or whatever. They they used dropped a little parachutes 
of like riot stuff. I, I think it was like RP and some other stuff into the audience. And so there's that. a That's video. Cool. Yeah, there's a video of these little parachutes. Obviously, like probably a lot of NBA fans who are uh, Warriors <laughs> fans who don't realize what they're getting as uh, stuff. But it, it did feel really cool. And they had Huhi and Licorice there. And the two of them plus Nas got to ring in the the bell. The mm-hmm. the I don't know. It's the trolley bell that I, they use to kick off the games. And so uh, that it was, it was pretty new, uh, pretty cool the way that they were able to really integrate. It didn't just feel like they did as a one-off press conference. I mean, the coverage opportunities were not that great. Uh, uh, other than I was really happy with what we were able to get for the show, but I, I think overall I'm glad I did go, and it was just, it was just pretty fun. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I was wondering if you actually have fun because I know you're just like this weekend so crazy with Undercity Nights, and then whatever they're doing in San Francisco. Well, so I, I will say. You know, and we don't need to talk about this too much because it is a pretty packed episode. But I am just, you know, in the states here, we have Thanksgiving this week, and I am, I am just breathing a sigh of relief that uh, after the marathon that Riot sent uh, us all on, you know, with with everything over the past couple of weeks plus free agency, um, that there's a bit of a, a rest. I had I, tomorrow. I'm doing an interview with uh, some of the Immortals folks about their roster and oh, all nice. that. Revenge is going to go boot camp soon, so we're going to do that. Um, in fact, as this is releasing on Wednesday, that, that interview will be taking place. And so you, people can take a look out for that. But they were hitting me up and I was like, can we do this next week? And they're like, no, some of us are going to Korea and stuff. I'm like, okay, I can do this. This is my last thing I'll do. <laughs> uh, so it, yeah, but I did, I did have a good time. It was just, um, it was a lot. This past weekend was a lot. Uh, but speaking of a lot, uh, I, we had, we did get a chance to talk to several people there and maybe we'll start the the show off these interviews off with a rather fun one. <laughs> you can take a listen to Emily. This is my conversation with a, a very good friend of mine about you know the the news and what his reaction was to it. Hi, Travis. Uh, it's nice to meet you. I think we've met previously. <laughs> you look familiar. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. So we're in Chase Center. A lot mm. of people might know this, but maybe some uh, won't. That you're actually from the Bay Area. Yeah. Uh, so when you found out, I'm sure a bit ago, um, that this was going to be happening in the Bay Area, uh, you know, how how excited were you? I I am ecstatic. My it's actually kind of a dream come true, even just for this announcement. My mom is also a huge Warriors fan, and we were able to get her a ticket to come here as well oh. to the game. So it's a super special moment. Uh, obviously, my name is Kobe. My IGN it was chosen because I have such a you know strong connection to basketball. And so not only is World Finals going to be in San Francisco, in the Bay Area where I'm from, but also in the Chase Center, a home of the Warriors. I'm just you know everything is coming together. It's uh, incredibly exciting. Yeah, I mean I. For you, somebody who I think you've cast, what, six out of the seven finals over uh, however many long? I know the stat was out there. Uh, and so it's it's interesting to imagine you potentially casting here. I know we don't find oh out God. finals assignments, but is that something you're hopeful for? Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm hopeful for it. I uh, have definitely have definitely done a lot of them, so I feel like um, you know maybe I won't get this one. Yes. But I'm I'm super excited for it to be in North America and to celebrate. Um, 
you know, celebrate here. Well, I'm sure all the fans will be very disappointed if you don't get that <laughs> casting assignment uh, on behalf. Uh, do you think that finding out that this is going to be happening in finals, that makes you happy throughout the next year, that there's nothing else in your life that you need uh, to get <laughs> and that this will satisfy any roommate uh, quandaries or squabbles or anything at all? I, uh, I think this is now maybe the perfect time to debut my new change in tactics. Uh, Cat for Kobe has been unsuccessful, and so uh, since Travis's main argument against it has been destruction of furniture by Cat, I've decided to pivot here, and we're going to look for a dog now. All right, that's, that's all we have time. It's a dog for Kobe. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's all we have time. We'll have to wrap up this interview. Thank you so much, Kobe. Looking forward to hearing your voice echo throughout Chase Center in finals next year, hopefully. Thank you. All right, so we can ignore the last part of that no, interview. No, no, as an avid, There's no avid person uh, as a part of Cat for Kobe, I also support Dog for Kobe. Yeah, yeah, I don't, maybe we'll get the producer to cut that part out. He no. doesn't need to include that. Hopefully this part of the Kobe, I support you. This is not even in there. Anyway, <laughs> but I, I am happy for him because uh, I think it is it is pretty neat. And it's, it's just fun to, like, this is one of the fun things about road shows and why... You know, I, I really appreciate that esports gets to go on the road is because it is very meaningful. Even if 99.9% of the audience, you know, is online, it's really neat, I think, for people whenever Law Esports gets to come to their hometown, mm-hmm. their region, they get to experience it, bring some friends out. Kobe talking about having family, even at the game last night, I think it's just pretty neat. Yeah, especially for, I know, uh, I remember happening this, uh, this happening in China a few times, like when they had the Wuhan stop uh, that's Clear Love's hometown and EDG were in there so uh, it's always cool for players and like broadcast talent when stuff comes to their home hometowns so I actually didn't even know Kobe was from the San Bay Francisco. yes yeah. so yeah you no, learn something new every day he's up there right now actually it was it worked out perfect for him because Riot flew him to the Bay Oh, now and he just gets to hang said, with his family. He yeah. said, just fly me back after Thanksgiving. <laughs> and so, like, it was a, this was a huge win for him all around. Gets to bring his mom nice. to the game. Gets to be part, you know, have, Worlds is coming to his place. And then gets a, the free Thanksgiving family ticket. So it works out really well. And he gets to get a dog. Uh, okay. Maybe. Uh, well, let's just move on. Uh, so just as a, a quick note on this, we're going to get into an interview I did with Commissioner Chris Greeley, LCS Commissioner Chris Greeley. This is a little longer. Um, it's a little bit over over 10 minutes or so. We did have the discussion about whether we should cut it down. But I think we talk a lot about Champions Q in particular, which mm-hmm. is something got announced moments before we recorded last week's episode. And so we've made the decision to include this whole thing in there. So I think there's a lot of information. I think, you know, we didn't want to remove any of it, but we'll, we'll catch you on the other side. So let's let's hear what uh, Chris Greeley had to say. All right, so at Chase Center right now, joined by Chris Greeley for yet another interview after, uh, you know, so we do so many of these a year, I feel like. Yeah, it's all right, though. I mean, we get in, it's like two or three. It's uh, like a rite of passage. Yes, well, especially this is our first, I think, in a while in person, uh, which is fantastic. So nice to not be sitting over a Skype or Zoom uh, call. Uh, But obviously some huge news about... Uh, Worlds next year coming to North America. I mean, we, we knew that previously, but now we know the cities. Uh, so I guess one, one question is just how involved uh, the North America team and the LCS team was in deciding those locations or how much of that ends up on the global side. Yeah, we work really, uh, really closely with the global team because ultimately 
when they're deciding where to go in North America, the, one of the things they want to take into consideration is both the player base as, as we see it, as well as where we've been lately and where we're planning to go in the future. So we had a, lot, a long discussion with them about who was going to Texas and who was going to Toronto, for example. Ah, gotcha. So ultimately, you know, the global team will decide. Uh, they'll finalize cities on their own. They'll finalize venues on their own. But we certainly, you know, at least in the very beginning, were uh, involved in the discussions with the Chase Center, making sure that we had all the right people connected, since we have a lot of connections with the with the Warriors through Golden Guardians. Um, so we we have some some involvement, right? We're we're kind of along for the ride, but ultimately, it's the it's the global team making those final decisions. Uh, I think many years ago, maybe half a decade ago now, I was uh, critical of your predecessors for, at the time, hosting nothing in Canada, uh, even even on the LCS side. Um, and then, obviously, eventually, you guys ended up going to uh, Vancouver and Toronto, which is great, but never an international event previously in Canada. So was that like a, did you guys have that as a, we must find a Canada location, or did it just kind of work out along the way? I think the... Um the impression that we took away from the ACC show in 2016, now, now Scotiabank, um, has been like left such a lasting impression on our whole team. The, back in 2016, the global team and the North American team were, were the same team. So a lot of the folks who worked that show are now deciding where global events are going to go. And I think everyone has always looked at that show as just such an incredible like statement. right? The, all of the fans that were there were, were uh, just rabid. Um, and we've been unable to deliver something there for so long. It felt like a really good, really good kind of cross section, right? It's the ability for us to target that fan base, right? Bring them, bring them, like you know, semifinals, really, really big matchups, um, and to do so in a way that, like, we think will be really exciting for them. So it was the. I, I don't know if we came into the year saying like, hey, we have if we're if we're not in, in Canada, you know, whether it's Toronto or Vancouver or, or another province, then we've failed. But I certainly think it was a great opportunity for the global team to like have a big stage, right? I mean, Toronto's a big media market as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm very excited to, to be heading back to Canada because I know the esports fans up north are uh, are very rabid, as you said. Yeah. Um, uh, nearby Toronto, we have New York, where actually, you know, if, if I, oftentimes I think we look at just the listing of the cities and we don't realize that, like, group stage covers so much of Worlds and obviously quarters a huge part of it, too. So I think it's fair to say almost that the majority of Worlds will be taking place in New York uh, next year. Um, was there, you know, what I guess what was the decision behind having groups and quarters in the same lo location, whereas in the past I think those have been split out across, you know, different cities and different locations? Yeah, I actually uh, I'm not, I, I don't want to guess. Uh, okay. And I wasn't, wasn't involved in the decision on how they split up the, uh, the sections. I know one of the things they tend to look at, so after I said I'm not going to guess, I guess yes. I guess. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that often come up are just availability. Yeah. So there may have been a world where there was a better window at, for example, the Hulu Theater for those dates going into quarterfinals uh, than there was. Maybe they didn't want to add an additional city. Again, I don't want to guess, yeah. but there, there is a reason. I just don't know what it is. Okay, because I remember, uh, if I recall, New Yorker for you, right? You're from yep. that area, yes. Yeah, I grew up, uh, grew up about 10 minutes outside of New York City. Okay, so this was not a secret Chris Greeley ploy to no. So stick as much as you can at your your home city. Your no, home well, area. you got to think the Prudential Center show that we're gonna we were supposed to have this past yes. year that we'll now have in the summer of 2023. Uh, also, right in my backyard. So I'm getting some East Coast love in there. But yes, really big fan base for us in that like New York City, New Jersey, kind of Philadelphia area. So 
I think there's uh, just a, a lot of good esports to deliver. Well, I know we're talking so much about Worlds uh, today, but I think you mentioned it in the press conference, and so I don't feel bad asking about it. Uh, you guys recently announced uh, Champions Q, which uh, along, I think the Players Association uh, was said to be having a, a huge role in that as well. Um, what what details can you share about that right now? Because I know the announcement was a little light on details in terms of you know the process by which people end up in it and kind of if it's a full-time you know 24-hour operating server and system or how, how that kind of works so i don't know if there's any additional details you can share now sure um and we we weren't super specific because there are still some fine fine tuning that we're doing on the on the back end as we figure out what things are going to look like but you know kind of broad strokes it is a, a matchmaking experience uh, i believe is what we're calling it on the uh, on the west coast tournament realms so it'll give uh Pro players, academy players, and and we're still figuring out what the rest of the universe looks like. Uh, an opportunity to go and play more serious solo queue matches uh, on uh, much lower ping. So the idea is that uh, this is not a replacement for for solo queue. It won't be on twenty four seven. There will be we'll work with pro players and the players association, especially to get an understanding of like what times make sense and what times don't. Right? It doesn't need to be on at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon when pro players are at, on the way to, or on the way home from the LCS arena. Uh, and there will still be the, a push to make sure that uh, pros are interacting on the normal solo queue, the live solo queue environment. Uh, but we are trying to create a uh, more closed competitive space where they can continue to develop and, and raise the overall level of play. Uh, was that a, a concern at all? Because I know the vast majority of people I feel like are receiving this very well, but the, the critics of it you know, sort of say like, hey, this is going to um, take away some of the best players from uh, North America solo queue, which could have a detrimental effect on the people that, for instance, are not there because yeah. maybe they don't have the, the competition to play against. So I don't know if that was you know, uh, a consideration you guys had and perhaps as part of the reason why you guys are limiting the time or anything along those lines. Yeah, we don't want to mortgage away the short term for the long term, right? You take all the folks who are ready right now to be in that queue, but you do so at the expense of everyone that's coming behind them. It's like not a good long term developmental pathway. Um, we also want to make sure that solo queue stays as vibrant as it can be in, in our region. Um, so we don't want to create a vacuum where we take the best players out and leave everybody else to sort of fend for themselves. So the idea is really to create a, a more closed practice space. Um, you know, uh, voice comms will be required. Um, all the things that when pros talk about, like, hey, solo queue isn't helpful for these reasons, right? It's uh, high ping, uh, trolls, one tricks, uh, no voice comms. It's like, well, what if we could solve all of that? And we could give you low ping environment, we can control, hopefully, we'll work with the PA on this, but hopefully control for the, the one tricks and the trolls and the griefing and the inting. Bad actors, All yeah. the bad actors, yeah. Um, would that actually raise the bar? And we, we think it will, everyone thinks it will, right? Everyone points and says, well, North America would be better if the solo queue environment was better. So it's not it's not a replacement for putting a server on the West Coast or splitting servers or using some kind of balancing like they do in Valorant lobbies. But uh, as we you know try to explore the space and see what we can do to continue to raise the bar, we think it's a really good first step. Well, that's what I was gonna ask is, how much of this is kind of like an experiment? Because you ask some pro players and they're like, We'd be so much better if only we had this ping, you know? And I think other people are like, well, 
we're not sure, you know. And so I, I don't know if you guys have done research or studies or if this is something where you guys are like, well, we're reacting to um, the player feedback, the pro player feedback on what they need, and we'll see what kind of effect this has. I mean, I, I think there's a, for a lot of people like myself, I'm like, I, I have a big question mark on if this will be incredibly helpful or if it'll turn out like actually it's not as helpful. We know latency matters. Um, we, we have done some studies on our side to get an understanding of what latency looks like when you lay it over a high ELO population and how they correlate. Uh, so we're fairly confident that having a lower latency environment that hopefully is a more serious practice environment will pay dividends. We just don't know how big those dividends are. Like, does it mean that we go out and we blast, uh, you know, Damwon Kia next year in, in groups? I have no idea. It'd be awesome yes. if that was the case, right? It's we sit around and we worry so much about, you know, what if we're wrong? And like every once in a while, it is nice to daydream about what if we're right? Yes. What, if this, what if this just like catapults and changes everything? But, um, you know, the, the worst case scenario is like actually pretty low here, right? It's uh, we hope pros use it. And if they do, we hope ultimately that they get better. And if they don't, then I think ultimately they'll want if they don't find it to be a valuable experience and we can't work with the PA to find a way to make it a valuable experience, then it was something we tried and they'll go back to solo queue and we'll go back to the drawing board and, and work to figure something else out. Uh, as much as pro players love to uh Complain. Uh, sometimes you do need a little bit of a carrot on a stick. I'm curious if you guys are planning on any incentives uh, for competition or you know something something that will make it feel like there are stakes beyond um, you know whatever rating they get. Yes, uh, I'm I'm not not prepared to go into what those are. Uh, we have certainly we we've worked with you know I know the PA kind of popped up when we made the announcement and kind of waved their hands and said hey we're we're here too and. Uh, I want to give them a lot of credit. They have been really great in working through the whole process with us. When we have questions, we go to Phil, uh, who runs the, the Players Association, and he'll come back a couple of days later, and he's like, hey, here's what I sourced, right? Here are the here are the problems. So the, the whole system runs on, on the Discord bot. Um, we've just spent a lot of time working on it. And the, the way we got there is we went to the players and said, why don't you use this? Right, it's 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 good, and they're like, well, here are all the problems with it. And we said, cool, if we can fix those, will you use it? And they said, well, if, if these problems don't exist, then sure. So we went and we fixed them. We think, we'll see. Uh, but the other piece to it was, how do you keep, how do you get players to play? How do you keep them engaged? And how do you make it feel worthwhile to them so it's not just a practice environment? They feel like they're competing for something. We have spent a lot of time taking that feedback from the PA as well. We think we have a system in place. We have not finalized it on our side, which is why I can't share it here with you today, but we do see a value in there being being a carrot at the yeah. end of that stick. Free steak dinners. Free, free steak dinners, <laughs> yeah. paid, paid by Steve. Yeah, okay, Thank great, you. great. That's nice of him to sponsor yeah. uh, Champions Q. Yeah. Uh, all right, very good. Well, hey, I, uh, I appreciate uh, us not only being able to talk about Worlds, but also about Champions Q. I know a lot of people are excited about that. Hopefully, Champions Q is a part of Worlds in North America next year Could be. as we have uh, all of our players suddenly emerge from Champions Q and uh, all turning into the next faker. Um, uh, thank you so much, uh, Chris, for the time and uh, looking forward to Worlds next year. Thanks, Travis. Appreciate it. All right. So a lot to dig into there. Uh, I think actually, you know, we could we could take a brief intermission from the Worlds discussion just to talk about Champions Q. So whenever that announcement came out last week, it was kind of sparse on data, but now uh, through this conversation with him, we have a lot more. So what what are your reactions to some of this? Are you skeptical? Are you excited? Um, I'm both, if that makes sense. I think I, I was happy that he addressed some of the natural issues with this, right? Because when the announcement came out, you saw an initial reaction, including 
like myself and you were like yes like finally and then the fact that the pa had something to do with it was really cool as well especially hearing core's voice in there who's been you know such a massive large uh driver behind a lot of the in-houses they've had and stuff um and then you also had people after like the dust settled then being like wait a minute you know the still majority of the player base is over on the east coast in major cities outside of you know california concentration so how is that going to work and it sounds like they're still workshopping it but i was happy to at least hear Greeley address the fact that they will have to figure out where the cutoff is going to be how they get buy-in from players to still play on regular solo queue and then also how they get because the difficulty is getting up and coming amateur talent to play against the best right in on solo queue that's like actually super important to have a healthy ecosystem and be able to promote your own native players and if you're removing in a vacuum all of these players and they're never playing on na solo queue it actually really hurts your up and coming talent at the lowest levels because they aren't able to cut their teeth against better players like they would be able to before i don't know the solution to that i was just happy to at least hear it addressed because i know it's been one of the reasons that riot has said previously as to why they didn't want to have like a super server right despite the fact that north america is a massive country and could certainly benefit from having multiple servers um so i'll be curious to see how they address that because even as someone who is you know, cautiously optimistic about it. I think there are a lot of pitfalls. So um, I'm just happy to hear that A, players might be taking an interest in their own welfare, maybe, uh, or, you know, trying to get a buy-in from players. I know you brought up that they might need a little incentive. incentive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> piece of, just a piece of candy they get every week to the, the top the top performer. Yeah, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I mean... The nice thing is we have for years and years after every world's, you know, I made the, what the spinner, uh, if you yep. recall of like excuses and one of the biggest ones and one of the ones we've heard most dominantly from pro players has been the solo queue environment. And there's just been kind of a lot of hands in the air, like, okay, whose responsibility is it to fix this stuff? You know, like that it's kind of, everybody can kind of point at fingers at people and say, Oh, this is too big of an issue. Like you can't move all the servers back from Chicago and all this stuff. So I think what I appreciate is that this is, there's an effort being made like a very strong effort from riot, from the players association mm -hmm. to solve some of this stuff that, you know, like they they are realizing this stuff and trying to create a better environment. So it, and I, I think it's just really going to come down to the pro players uh, because it does sound as though they basically said, you know, right. said, what is it? What is it that stops you from doing this? What is the best possible version of this? Okay, we here it is. You know, and the Players Association went uh, and sort of endorsed that announcement. So I assume that they're on board with this. It's not, you know, if the, I don't want to hear, I guess, six months from now from the Players Association, like, oh, you know, like we never thought that this was going to work uh, and, or the players, I guess. So I'm, I'm very uh, excited about it. I know there's probably going to be a lot of questions. I know a lot of people are reacting to it. I, I hope that this both manages the expectations of some people who I think probably thought that they were going to load up the main Riot client and find like a North America button that you just pr or Los Angeles button I guess or West Coast server button. But I uh, I think I think it should be good. 
Okay, our last interview here is with uh, Martin, who is the head of esports for Latin America. And uh, this was kind of something that was a unique aspect of the announcement. You referenced this at the start of the show, just the fact that Worlds is going to be partially in Latin, uh, in Mexico City this year uh, and as part of the Latin America region. So let's let's hear what he says about what this means for the region. All right, continuing our coverage here at uh, Chase Center as we're talking about Worlds next year, one of the big announcements coming out today was that uh, for one of the first times ever, we get to see a, a continental, uh, transcontinental, I don't know, well, it's gonna be all over the place next year at Worlds. Uh, and one of the stops is going to be Mexico City. And I am joined right now by Martin Black here, who is, what is your official title actually? It's uh, Head of Esports for Latin America. Head of Esports for Latin America. Uh, I was joking with you beforehand that I, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the continuing players that we will continue to pull from Latin America into the LCS. Uh, but uh, you know, how this is very exciting news. I know for the Latin America community, probably for you. Uh, what went into uh, securing a world's uh, stop along the way in in Mexico City? Yeah, I think it's it's, it's actually a combination of of things. Um, one is. The fact that we as Riot believe that this uh, has to be a, a global event and in doing so in North America, it only makes sense to have stops in, in Mexico, the US and, and Canada uh, as well. Um, so that's that's the, the logic behind it. Um, I think another very important point is the growth of the Latin American audience in general in esports is skyrocketing. Um, we just saw it during Worlds where uh, our channel from Latin America was consistently among the three, four largest audiences in, in the world. Spanish as a language is um, the fastest growing language in the world right now in esports, uh, on Twitch, uh, YouTube, uh, not only for Riot uh, Esports, but for other esports as well. So we're excited to be a part of it. Um, and our fans are extremely excited to be a part of it because we've been waiting for this for like, over 10 years now, and it's finally our chance. So the interesting thing about this is, I think, by contrast of, I feel like sometimes the the CBLO in Brazil kind of overshadow how on their own uh, passionate the Latin American fans are, and additionally, how their region has kind of been messed with a lot. They used to be two regions and now they're you know considered like one giant region that covers pretty much everything south america um and part of north america uh the thing i would love to see and this might be a controversial take but if this works out really well for mexico city which i do think it will they they have a, a really strong fan base there i think if you know we have fans it will be well attended is that maybe use it as a push for residency. Uh, there's no reason why Oceania should be an NA resident and, you know, Mexican players like Seiya, who've been around for forever and played on NA solo queue, don't count as North American residents. So that's that's my, I guess, like hot take coming out of it, is that if it, if it works out really well for them, I hope there is some sort of small push, at least, to try to get residency, because as he said, you know, they did, and I'm sure he's talking about Jose Diodo um, coming to the LCS. They have started to bring over players. So I would be curious to see if that happens, and I hope it does. Newbie is as well, correct? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Newbie. Yes. Uh, all right. 
Well, that wraps up our world's announcement coverage. But again, I think it was really cool that we were able to have those conversations. I had a good time. Hadn't been on a plane in a while. And I don't know. It was good. So uh, looking forward to it. But let's get into everything else. Oh, man. There's just so much these days. All right. Let's just, just for fun, let's have a quick hit on Arcane. Uh, no spoilers here, but did you enjoy the the final act? I did. I think they, I think it's the best, probably the best video game adaptation into animation I've ever seen. I stand by my statement that the facial animation in this is honestly, as some, and this is coming from someone who watches a lot of animation, anime, some of the best I've ever seen in my life. And then additionally, I know a lot of people are, I don't know if they're mad about the ending, but they're just like, ah, you can't end it like this. I will go the other direction and say narratively for Jinx's character specifically, I think it is a good emotional conclusion. And we have to be careful. No spoilers here. Yeah. No, I just said emotional conclusion can mean anything. Sure. Okay. Gotcha. Um, Also, someone please give my boy Victor a hug. I, I very much enjoyed Arcane. I thought it was great. I I'm I'm really just astonished at how fantastic it came out. I had a great time at Undercity Nights, which was sort of their their big event that they did to celebrate the conclusion of it. I did that on Friday and Saturday. And I I they announced season two coming in not twenty twenty two is the only information we have. I really hope that means twenty twenty three. Because uh, if we're waiting three years for this thing to hit, that's going to be pretty rough. But I hope it means that animators get all the time they need to put out a great product and get paid well. Yeah, I mean, considering I, I, the success of the show, obviously, I hope everybody gets paid well. But I, I also hope that uh, I'm not waiting forever for this. And I, I, I think one thing for me is I really hope Riot can run other stuff concurrently. Like very clearly, they've figured out how to adapt the stuff. I don't need them to pull a Disney and be like, and now we've got five shows that are mm-hmm. all coming out one after yeah, another. But I, no. but I do think, you know, let's, they did it. They figured out a way to tell stories in a really cool and exciting way. Hopefully we continue to see more of this going forward. All right. Let's talk about rosters though. So a lot of what we have this week is just sort of like confirmations on mm-hmm. things we kind of knew last week, though C9's roster did end up changing. Um, after the projected uh, lineup shifted a little bit. And so why don't we talk a little bit about that? What do you, what do you think of this, Emily? Cause this is definitely feels like, I don't, this feels like an Emily Rand uh, analysis moment, I guess, as I look oh, at this God. lineup. Um, I mean, I'm kind of, I think it could work. I know like uh, if, if people haven't heard of Berserker specifically, he is, incredibly good like summit uh has been around for a little bit longer in terms of being an lck player uh berserker is a lot younger he's been in uh t1 academy slash t1 challenger for a while he's one of the hottest prospects that they have and so i think he is incredibly individually talented i do think in recent years we've seen north american teams shy away from bringing over South Korean players specifically and kind of favoring LEC players because there might be um, not less of a cultural gap, but certainly less of a language, language barrier. Gap, yeah. So if you only have to deal with the culture shock and not have to deal with the language part, um, whereas sometimes with South Korean players, you have to deal with both. 
I mean, I don't really know what to say outside of the fact that he's incredibly individually talented, as is Summit. I don't know how this team is going to end up working. I'm very curious to see if it does work. It's definitely like a throwback to something I would have expected to see like years ago. Let me ask you this. I've seen C9 fans that are just kind of like, I'm not saying they shouldn't be excited about their roster, but like to me, this looks more like an experiment rather than a like, you know, Steve Pulley got the big bucks and just grabbing a bunch of of top players. And so it's been interesting to me that so many people, the reactions seem to be like, oh, we're top three team with this lineup. Like it's locked in. We're like, we're up there with Hunter T and TL. And I, for me, I would just say, I think it's a little early to be making that assumption because we don't, there's a lot of questions, I think, for me. Even I think they're going to run aisles as well as like part of a six-man roster. Yeah, it's too, Winsome so. and Isles, I think. Yeah. So it's like they're they're still figuring out kind of what their support situation is going to look like. I assume it'll be locked by uh, summer. But that's that's why I kind of, I I'm going in with a little bit more skepticism. Not necessarily that I think this team is going to suck, but like, I just don't think that C9 fans should be counting their eggs before they hatch chickens before they hatch. I think this team has the potential to be really good, but I also think if they are really good, it's not going to happen immediately just because there's going to be a lot of stuff to work through. I do think, again, we talked a lot about last week about with the coaching staff, and uh, so I won't touch upon that again i'll just say that i think they have a good coaching staff so if they're able to communicate with the team and bring the team together this could be an incredibly formidable team but i do think i mean much like the c9 we saw kind of from this year they're going to be a grower they're just going to they're going to need to take time because there's going to be a lot of um barriers and communication things to work out in terms of how they play the game so and also i mean you you know underrated part we're talking about berserker summit and winsome coming over uh, you know, Fudge is role swapping. And I already talked about why I think Fudge could actually be a really good mid laner, but, you know, there's that added wrench in there that we're not even discussing because we already talked about it last week. Yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating to see how that, that team goes. And then, you know, the, it's funny because I think the only thing we have left now really is TSM. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we will see what that looks like, at least in LCS. I know, obviously, LEC... Things are still trickling out. But that leads us to last week's Q&A. We asked all of you which rumored roster you are most excited about. Let's take a look at some of your answers. A lot of people saying C9. A lot of people saying C9. LCK C9. Yes. Uh, Ashton said, I'm really liking GG. Really glad that they were able to keep a Blaze Olive, etc. I I like, and, and oh, here's a couple more. There's a lot of people I think that are excited about the bets that teams like EG, GG, and CLG are, are making mm-hmm. on either native talent or up-and-coming talent sort of going in the opposite direction of, for instance, a Team Liquid. So uh, Yeah, there's some TL sprinkled in here. I was surprised at how many people said, uh, you know, Cedric said this will be the year of Live Evil uh, Golden Guardians. There's a, there's a couple. There's um, Evil Geniuses. Golden Guardians. I'm actually surprised at how many Golden Guardians. Yeah, EG, Golden Guardians, and CLG. Mary says, even though I'm a C9 fan, I'm most excited about TL. I'm excited to see a Bwipo in North America. Yeah, big personality. I'm I'm excited to see what yeah, he can bring Bwipo, to you. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, TL exclusively because of Bjergsen, who was just officially announced so, a few hours ago. Seltalus says... <laughs> 
E.G., even though Travis hates JoJo. I just uh, want to be clear. Yes. I don't hate JoJo. I just am saying it's like a bold move to pick JoJo over Jensen. Uh, I think I think I and I stand by that. T- t- wait, did someone say TSM only to see Faker in NA? I remember yes. that rumor. I'm very shocked that people thought we get we get to the block tsm you can tell when uh europe broke up because they were getting a lot of perks and vitality in here too it looks looks like they're the lead i think there are a lot of reasons to be excited for vitality actually yes all right so we had that we also had our poll which was which of the rumored roster or with the rumored rosters is lcs stronger weaker or even uh Almost half of you said stronger, 49%. 22% said weaker, 29% said even. So uh, it's about half and half on people who think that the, the region improved or didn't. Uh, so we'll have to obviously see what occurs next next year. But mm-hmm. I think it's, it's a very interesting and open-ended question. I think in the past it's been a lot easier to say like, oh, look, you can go here and it's just like this team upgraded, this team upgraded or whatever. But in this time, I think, you know, I said with C9 – Experimental. I think we're going to see a lot of experimental rosters or rosters where it's like really hard to predict. I think power rankings before the start of the split. I know you're making a face. I'm not asking you for your power I rankings. I know. Anyway. It's just an automatic reaction. Yes. Uh, but I, I think for the folks that do power rankings, it's going to be really interesting to see where they, they put people. Yeah. And okay. I mean, uh, I just want to point out that like throughout the year, I know I said this several times, but I did think that North America was not as bad as people thought it was and we did have a bunch of teams that had defined play styles and playing differently so i hope we continue to see that in the coming year okay uh give me just a quick quick hit okay. on all the news from the east so doinby is the biggest leaker he's he's yeah, he, outdoing all of the me. random weibo accounts he outdoes me i feel like you get more roster stuff from you just need to watch doinby's yeah. stream um so the biggest thing is obviously the era of the 2019 fpx team is gone you could have predicted this forever ago when they had the most massive failing ever at worlds uh but he's gone from fpx uh, he's going to LNG, which should be very interesting. There was a rumored BLG super team that won't be probably uh, rumored because uh, to have fallen apart because of salary cap that was going to have Uzi I and Knight. Um, and uh, Uzi I coming back, supposedly, according to Doinby's stream rumors. Yes, him and Bjergsen, yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll see if uh, we'll see if that's true. I I mean. I think Uzi is one of the greatest players to have ever played the game. I hope if he comes back, he's healthy enough to come back in a in a way that he has an org that will support him and get him the, you know, um, whatever medication and treatment he needs to be able to play. Faker resigns with T1. I already touched upon that. It was like 90% that he was going to resign with T1. I was surprised. I, I know everyone was like, he's testing the waters of free agency, blah, 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 blah. But I feel like that happens every time Faker's contract I, might be Really? Out. I don't think it normally does. It happened last time, too. Oh, I really? I feel like yeah. he's more of like a Bjergsen uh, in some ways. Like the last time he got the equity from, he, it's very similar, I think. Yeah. Uh, but then, and then the other thing I wanted to point out is uh, there's the Asian games this year. And if LCK, if an LCK, like all South Korean team wins that those players on that team, I believe uh, are rumored to be able to defer military service. So there's kind of a push for a lot of LCK players to be returning or in the LCK roster shuffle. They're trying to make their case to make it onto that South Korean Asian games team. And I think that's 
been kind of interesting to follow. The LCK offseason in particular has been very interesting. Well, uh, that leads us to this week's poll, which you can open up uh, the Rift Reaction part of the your Spotify app to uh, to answer. If Uzi returns, how likely is he to regain his championship form? Emily has several different versions of the answer that she would like you to pick. Uh, so let us know. We'll review that next week. And then, as we discussed, uh, it's just been announcement after announcement. Games and Arcane and free agency and everything. So I, I would love to know. Uh, this was this was my call. What Riot and or LOL Esports announcement you are most excited about from the past month? There's so much stuff. Are you excited about Ruin King being out? Are you excited about uh, Bjergsen coming back? Are you excited about... I don't know, like the arcane stuff and worlds next year. Just let us know. I'm actually, uh, there's so much stuff to choose from. I'm excited to hear what all of you think. And it is time for reaction shots. Emily, kick us off. So I feel like I've said this before. Hopefully I haven't used it as a reaction shot before. But Riot, please improve the tutorial and leveling process in League of Legends now that we have people coming in from Arcane because there's this massive joke that I actually agree with that like, oh, so you like Arcane. Here are games that you can play. And then it lists like TFT, uh, Legends of Runeterra, um, you know, lit- Ruined King, literally everything but yes. League of Legends. I've seen people, I think it was Mark, put Mark. Valorant above League yes. of Legends. He's like, not related, but F it. So, um... It's not nearly as bad as when I started playing in 2012, but the leveling process for to get an account from one to 30 is not fun. The tutorial is not very good. And obviously MOBA games are really difficult to have a full tutorial to be able to understand like how the game works, but the, the newbie process could be a lot easier. And so I hope that Riot somehow addresses this before people get super frustrated and- leave. You know what's pretty good is the Wild Rift uh, onboarding experience. I have heard that also, and I've not played it. We should just copy paste that. All right. Uh, my reaction shot. All right. For about 12 hours, there was a rumor that Faker <laughs> might be joining the LCS, uh, possibly signing with TSM specifically because FTX wanted him as an ambassador. And there was a, I don't know it's how much stock you want to put into the money part of it. Cause I think that was the most rumor rumor, mm-hmm. but m- millions and millions of dollars on the table for him. Uh, when I heard this, I was privately talking to some people, some friends, and I was just saying, I, I hope this doesn't happen. Cause I was just like this, that would be, I, I get how great it would be for the league. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are pissed hearing me say this because they just think about it in terms of like, that'd be so hype. Uh, but for me, I'm like, that would just be the ultimate LCS jumping the shark moment. You know, it's like, <laughs> we're bringing fake over. I also think, you know, we've seen it time and time again that, the environment over here does not necessarily keep people at the same form that they were in previously. And so watching this poor man, this legend degrade into a, a fallen star, I think would be <laughs> very disappointing. You know, just, I don't think, I don't think it's what it would be, what people think it, it would be, you know, you just see whatever team he'd end up with, uh, just not being the same caliber. So, I'm, I was just like, dear God, please don't let this happen. Please don't let this happen. And uh, thank God it didn't. Uh, all right. That is our show. I do want to give a shout out also to those that have been calling in. We've been collecting your calls and we're going to continue to do so. It's, I think I think we're out of the woods now. 
Uh, no more announcements. Yes, uh, we might, might we might not be able to grab your calls next week because Emily is going to be gone. We're working on creating a special show. Maybe I'll have some interviews. Uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, but as we head into December, definitely we'd love to collect your calls. Please leave us a message at three two three. 607-2537. I know that's also in the Spotify description if you just want to take a look at that number there. And uh, we'll try to grab some more of those in December as we're literally starved for things to talk about. Because I think the the giant content explosion is yeah. now going to turn into a content drought in December. No yeah. all-stars. so Everyone's either in Korea or at home. Yes. Anyway, uh, thanks so much to everybody who did those interviews with us. I, th- I hope you all enjoyed them as part of the show. Uh, look forward to next week where we will have something special. I can't say what because we still don't know what we're I'll working on. It. You'll be you'll be listening uh, as you're recovering from your turkey uh, coma. I guess happy happy Thanksgiving to everybody who's in the United States and uh, happy not Thanksgiving to everybody who's outside. 